0: Well, welcome to Church on the Hill. We're so glad you're here. Guys, I'm excited about what God's doing. How about you? I'm excited about the potential of what God's going to do, too. I'm, you know, it's faith. I really believe God's moving powerfully. Um, I keep referring back to this as because it's what's been pouring into Elizabeth and in my life over the last nine weeks, and it's this Dave Ramsey um, financial teaching and he talks about a gazelle-like mentality. And you think, what, what does a gazelle have to do? A gazelle has to run from the enemy with everything in them. When the enemy's coming at them, they have got to go like there's no tomorrow because there is no tomorrow. Right? Have you ever seen a, an animal go after another animal and that a, the animal being chased run with everything in them? And it was that kind of mentality that uh, Dave Ramsey talks about going after your finances. You know, you've got to get control. You've got to take control, and you've got to take control of your finances God's way with a gazelle-like intensity because the world's coming at you, Satan's coming at you, everything's coming at you trying to take you down. Same thing in our marriages, same thing in our relationships, same thing in our walk with God. And I want to encourage you to have a gazelle-like intensity for the things of God. How are the things working for you right now with, with doing it kind of your own way? I want to encourage you, Try a different way with everything in you. And that goes from giving, that goes from serving, that goes from doing good things, from dealing with your anger. We've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount, and we need to take these instructions that Jesus Himself gave and follow through those instructions with gazelle like intensity. Because Satan is going back and forth, to and fro, looking for who he can devour. So we've got to get moving. Amen? Amen. All right, this morning, Sermon on the Mount. We're in Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. Now we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, we've gone through the eight Beatitudes, now we're kind of getting into the meat, down into getting kind of deeper into what Jesus is talking about. Today we're in Matthew 5.33, and if you've got your Bibles, let's turn there. We're going to stay there today. Matthew 5.33. Alright, are you ready? Let's go. Again, you've heard it said, Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, awaken our spirits. Just ask you, Lord, to breathe into the dead bones, the dry bones, that we wouldn't come in here complacent or think that we've got it all together, but that we would recognize our great need of a move of God in our life. Lord, we need you to move. And Lord, you're looking for us to move too. You want our heart. You want us to choose you. Holy Spirit, speak to us, directly to us. We just give you that right to speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I don't want to backtrack too long, but let me tell you, this is Jesus Talking. This is the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus' teaching. Again, you've heard it said uh, to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but perform your oaths to the Lord. Jesus starts this fourth temptation the same as he started the last couple, saying, we've heard it said. You guys are saying this, but Jesus ultimately is saying, but it's wrong. Saying, you shall not swear falsely, but you shall perform your oaths to the Lord. Now, at first glance, that looks great. But the Pharisees, just like with marriage that we learned last week, is teaching a portion of the truth. But they're neglecting a major point, just like with marriage. They taught the, tr- part, the truth. They're not, this isn't a lie, but they're leaving out other truths. How many of you know sometimes you just give a portion of the truth? You don't give the whole truth because it's going to make you do something you don't want to do. So you give a portion of it. To kind of justify what you're saying, but you leave out the key stuff. I've done it. Have you done it? Amen, we do that. We leave out a part of the truth. And here's that. this is what they taught. This is what they're teaching the Pharisees. They're saying, the Bible says, don't lie when you make an oath to God. But if you don't make it to God, you can lie. That's where Jesus is going. Jesus is saying, Pharisees, you are distorting my word. Let's continue on Matthew chapter 5 verse 34. Stay with me in your Bibles if you got it. But I say to you, don't swear at all, neither by heaven for it's God's throne, nor by the earth for it's his footstool, nor by Jerusalem for it's the city of the great king, nor shall you swear by your own head because you can't make one hair white or black. Jesus is saying Jesus is saying he's saying, let me tell you what God says. Let me get to the heart of the issue. Don't swear at all. Don't swear by created things. Why? Because God is the creator. Don't swear by that. Don't swear by heaven. God's over heaven. Don't swear by earth. God's over the earth. Don't even swear by your own head. God's over your head. You can't even make your hair turn a different color. Well, some of you can, but it won't stay that way. Give it about a week and we'll see the regular color start coming back out again. Or, or we got other issues, right? We got other issues to deal with. We'll just leave it at that. You know, I don't, I don't ever like to sit down here and face this way because you can see issues I got with my hair. As long as you're looking at me this way, everything's fine. But if I turn around this way, which I'm not going to do, I got issues. Well, good is it to swear over my head? I can't, I can't ooh, make hair come out. Ooh. It's not there. Don't swear over it. God's over it. God's over everything. And to think we can swear by something and somehow God's not involved, you're out of your mind. God's involved. And then it leads us to the main point of today. Can we say this together? Let's just say it together. But let your yes be yes and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Anything outside of that is from Satan. Everybody say amen. Amen. I think this is one of the most significant truths, issues. I think this has the power to transform families, and marriages, and relationships, and jobs, and churches. This one issue, I believe out of these six temptations that we're going through, this one is number one that happens to us in everyday life. Number two, I think, would probably be anger. We we have such anger issues. But number one, our yes a lot of times doesn't mean yes. This will transform the church. It will transform relationships. What does it mean? What is Jesus trying to teach us here? The Pharisees were distorting the application. And the root verse where this is coming from is from the third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. You shall not take God's name in vain. What what the, the Pharisees were saying is, if you make commitments to God, you've got to keep them. But if you make commitments to anything other than God, you don't. You don't have to keep it. And they distorted this passage. The Pharisees put weight on some of the vows they made. They didn't put any weight on other vows. It was a big mess. Can you see how they could justify going back on their word? Do we deal with that today? Say yes. We deal with that today. One of the greatest qualities that you can have with me is be a person that does what they say they'll do. That's a big deal for me. And it's a big deal that I do that for you. Now, you'll find I'll say no a lot because I know I won't do it. People will bring me a book to read, and so many times I'll say, thank you so much for the book, but I'm not promising you I'll read it. And it almost becomes offensive, but I want it to be clear that I don't say I will read it because I probably won't. So I, I run the risk of offending you by saying, "Will you help me with this?" And if I look at my schedule and my kids got stuff going on, I got life going on, sometimes I'll just say, "No." I would hope that you would respect me enough to say, "Well, at least he told me the truth. I know I can go find somebody else, rather than him him telling me, "Yes. Would you rather get a yes and me not fulfill it?" or get a no?" And no, I'm not going to fulfill it. I'd rather get a no." Amen. This is where we live. This is where we live. People going back on their word. It is so serious. And you know, oaths were intended to be in the most important occasions, the most strict, serious things that were going on. Because you know what an oath did? An oath invokes the judgment of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I take that very seriously. Personally, I don't like to be judged. By anybody, especially God. But he's the one that can judge. He's the one that will judge. He's the one that will give me justice, whether I like it or not. A lot of times when you judge me, I don't get justice, especially also when I judge you. When we judge each other, it says don't do it. Why? Because we mess it up. Are y'all with me so far? So what was intended for oaths? Let's take, let's take two strangers, me and Justin. We're complete strangers. We come together, we've got a problem, we've got to go to the court, we've got to take it to another level because he doesn't know my truthfulness, I don't know his truthfulness, so we have to swear under oath before a court. Now God has ordained the court, the state, to be able to uphold truth. You know what happens when we don't tell truth under oath. It's a crime. It's called perjury. That's why, if I know you, why should I need to make an oath with you? It shouldn't even be needed. In Scripture, oaths are permitted. It looks like here, Jesus is saying don't make oaths. But in context, what he's saying is, oaths are necessary, just not in the personal relationship setting. Not in the everyday setting. You shouldn't even make them. Jesus testified under oath to the Sanhedrin even after he taught the Sermon on the Mount. Now when he did this, he did not violate the Sermon on the Mount. He is talking about our personal everyday life. Let's see if we can apply this to everyday. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees who are perverting the oath-taking. Talking to them about bringing them into their personal relationships. Jesus said, don't bring oaths into that setting. There's no point of using an oath when you know the person. Oaths are for other settings. If you need a person to give you an oath that you know, it's because you don't trust them. It's because their word is not worth anything. If I have to say to you, I swear to God I will meet you at 4 o'clock today. You know what that says? Normally I would tell you that and I don't mean it. Normally, I'm a liar. Why should I even have to say that to you? Some of you have had to meet with me before. We've met on, for lunch plans. We've met for counseling. We've met for whatever. And I think if you've ever had me be late, and I am late. Sometimes I'm late. I, it's, I don't make a habit of it, but I do do it. I hope something you'll see me do is, number one, apologize and own it. I shouldn't have done it. I told you I'd be there at four. I wasn't there at four. I won't do that again. Would you please forgive me? But sometimes we make mistakes. The point here is, I don't need to make an oath with you, Justin, to say I'm going to meet you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock for prayer. By the way, we have prayer tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Open to the church. Come from 9 to 10. We pray. It's open. You want to pray for our church? You want to pray for what's going on in your life? Come in here. 9 o'clock. I'll be here at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. I don't have to swear to God that I will. My word should be good enough. But when we say, I swear by Jesus Christ or by God, I am invoking God's judgment and invoking God's name in a relationship with someone that's saying something very basic that my word should be good enough. And you know what Jesus said? That's evil. You shouldn't have to do that. Your track record is so bad that they won't believe your simple words. So now you invoke God and you're taking God's name in vain because you won't follow through even then. And also, so many times we say, I swear by whatever in order to manipulate the other person to believe us. He says, don't do that the heart of the issue, let your yes be yes. Everybody say yes. This issue will bring transformation to your life. But it's so neglected, this simple Sermon on the Mount principle. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Do you know where he means to use that? Everywhere. Everywhere you go. We violate this principle all the time in everyday life. Our credibility, our reputation of honesty should be good enough. Jesus is calling for truthfulness and integrity in our commitments. Truthfulness, that we make commitments in our heart that we fully intend to keep. And integrity, when when we fail and we mess up, we follow it up by owning it by apologizing, and by making it right. That's where the integrity is. Because of our weakness, do you know sometimes we'll make commitments and we can't fulfill them? How many of you know we mess up sometimes? You know what? That's normal. That's normal. It happens. But you know what? If I were to make a deal with you, Wayne, and Wayne just came in and did a, towel, a uh he put up a back, backsplash in our kitchen. If you didn't know that, Wayne does a lot of stuff. He's good at it, too. And he'll mow your yard at a good price and do a great job. And he'll show up when he says he'll show up. That's who I do business with. He says he'll be there at 9 a.m. He was there at 9 a.m. And he's stuck with it. He, he works with somebody that, that wants to eat all the time, but he won't eat until we're done. You can tell that other guy to listen to this sermon. He needs to hear it. But he's a man of his word, and if we make a handshake deal, he knows when he comes in. He hadn't even given us a price yet, but we trust him. Shake hands, and when he's done, we pay him. So many times we can shake hands and say, we can do a big deal, $100,000 on a whatever, piece piece of big equipment or whatever, or on a piece of property. Shake hands, that ought to be good enough. I can trust you, you can trust me. We don't have to have a contract. Or something so small as me saying, Robert, I'll meet you at 12 o'clock at Subway for lunch. Robert was late. <laughs> Usually I'm the one that's late. Usually I'm the one that's late, but he's smiling at me. But you owned it. You didn't play some song and dance and do it to me every time. No, we know each other. What would I do? No problem. I went ahead and got my food and ate. <laughs> but that's reality. We miss it. You didn't do it on purpose. You had something come up. It might be as simple as your wife calls you during the day. Says, what time are you going to be home? I'll be home at 5. And you get home at 6. That may not sound like a big deal. I've got to look over this way for just a minute. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> I've done that. But if I don't call, I'll usually get right in her face and say, I blew that. I told you I would, and I didn't. Can I I give you an encouragement? Everybody needs an encouragement, don't you? (laughs) You haven't lost integrity because you make a mistake. You haven't lost your integrity because you fell down. You haven't lost your integrity because you said something you would do and you didn't do it. You lose your integrity when you don't follow it up. You lose your integrity when you just let it sit. And you just let your word be worth nothing. That's when I lose integrity. You don't lose integrity if you don't follow up your mistake and make it right. I'm sorry, you lose your integrity if you don't follow up your mistake and make it right. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. I knew you were trouble when you walked in. We are never, ever, ever getting back together. Like never. Never. Sorry, you got to listen to current music to know what in the world I'm talking about. You haven't lost your integrity if you mess up. You lose your integrity if you don't follow up. You've got to follow up. Yesterday I said I'd be there at four and I didn't make it. I acknowledge it and I apologize to it and I won't do it to you again. I won't do it again. What happens in so many, t- so many situations is people promote themselves in a false way by exaggerating their commitments. They want to say yes to make you feel good about them. On the front end, you want to join the team. You want to join the worship team. You want to join the soccer team, the leadership team. It doesn't matter big or small. You sell yourself. You commit to what they require. And then a few months go by, nobody's looking So you don't practice, you don't do your job, you don't show up. And then you make it even worse. You start complaining about the rules. Wait a minute. You agreed to that. Do you remember the guy that said to the master, yes, I will work for so so much dollars for today. No problem. I'll work till 5 o'clock. I'll give everything I got. You're going to pay me 100 bucks at the end of the day. Great. Well, the problem is, Another guy gets hired an hour later. Another guy gets hired an hour later. Another guy gets hired an hour later. Well, they only have to work a couple hours. i got to work six hours. And then I get to the end of it. and I'm like, wait a minute. He got paid more. He got paid more. than The master says, wait a minute. You agreed to this. This isn't unfair. This is what you agreed to. You agreed to this commitment. And now you want to turn it around and get on to the, the authority over you. Now you're just making a bad situation worse. Wait a minute. You agreed to it. You agreed to it. When you say yes to a commitment, your word binds you. Do you know why your word binds you? Because you're a follower of Christ. And you are called to be truthful to your word. And when you're not truthful to your word, do you know what you're doing? You're breaking the third commandment. We want to say we break the third commandment when we use words like something with God in it. That is a way to break that commandment. But another way to break that commandment is your word doesn't mean truth. We take the Lord's name in vain because I am a a public Christ follower. You know, as a Christ follower, as a Christian, you are to make that public. You're now public publicly serving God and your word means nothing, you are taking the Lord's name in vain. Amen, boys. Woo! It's good. And it goes, it goes in every part of our life. Our marriage, our job, our relationships, our church. Well, the logic is, well, nobody saw me. Nobody saw me do it when I joined the team, joined the ministry, the job, the marriage. Moved in the neighborhood. No one saw me violate it. Nobody's complaining. No one caught me. I guess it's over. The Holy Spirit said, no, it's not over. You know, young people today believe if they didn't get caught, it's not a sin. Wrong. If I didn't get caught, it's not wrong. Wrong. Eh. Sorry. You said you would do it. Do it. And when you don't, go acknowledge to the person you said it to. Acknowledge to that person that's over you, your boss, your leader. Acknowledge it to the people that are under you. So many times we take advantage of those under us because we're over them. I don't have to apologize. Yeah, you do. Your word needs to mean something. Acknowledge it to the ones that were affected. A lot of folks think, well, if I didn't get caught, nobody must care. The Lord says, I care because you said it. Now go do it. You said you'd be at those practices. You'd said you'd be at those meetings. Your word binds you. Well, nobody came and rebuked me. You know what the Lord would say? Do they need to? Is that the only way you're going to do what you said you would do? Is that what your word means? The Lord would say, You are my representatives. Do you need to wait until they catch you before you'll do it? It's common to all of us. If you say you can't live by that much commitment, don't join the team. Don't say yes. But if you say yes, do it. Now let me tell you, there is a proper way to get out of your commitments. And there's an improper way. You have to be determined that you're not going to be like this. That you're not going to be the person that does what you say you'll do only if people catch you. You're going to do it because it's right. Our word is our bond. You know, to exaggerate our commitment, saying, I'll be there, I'll follow through, I'll do the little things. And you don't do it, you know what that is? It's a lie. And Satan is the father of all lies. And you know what else it is? It's manipulation. We're promoting ourselves in a way that's not truthful. But if we acknowledge it, and we own it, and we make it right, here's where integrity comes in. You don't lose integrity because you forget. Praise God. If you know me at all, I forget everything. If you don't get it in my email, if I don't get it in my phone, if... People aren't shouting it from the rooftops every moment I'm turned around. I'll forget it. Especially you tell me something on Sunday. I'll never remember that. I'm forget, I forget everything. And I don't have a forgetful mind. We just forget. I don't mean to. And if I meant to, that's another whole story. But I don't mean to. I forget. And guys, listen. This is so applies to Marriage. Elizabeth and I hold each other accountable to our word. This is biblical. I am to be a man of my word. She is to be a woman of her word. And we are to teach our children to be young adults of their word. My children can trust what I say and I can trust what they say. I'm not saying I don't mess up. But that I acknowledge my mistakes and ask for forgiveness and try my best to get it right. How many times have you ever said to your kid you would do something and you didn't? It happens, right? But I make sure that I follow up with them. Because you know what? I need kids that trust me. And I need to be able to trust my kids. I need my wife that when I tell her something and I don't, I don't need to break trust. Because you know what happens when you, do, when you say you'll do things and you don't do it? You start to break the trust foundation under your marriage under your relationships and let me tell you a marriage without trust is a marriage in trouble a relationship without trust is a relationship in trouble you know if you don't get caught God knows if you sneak out on your last month's rent God knows you didn't sneak out on anything you know what the Lord would say Pay your last month's rent. You committed to it. I'll bless you. I'll make things come together for you. Don't get away with this. You are to be a man and woman of integrity, not someone who gets away with things. Isn't this awesome? (laughs) This can change your life. Everywhere we go, we shouldn't try to cut corners. We should fulfill what we say. If we're not going to do it, Don't say it. If I don't commit to your ministry, I'm not responsible for it. If I do commit, I need to follow through. I want you to look what David says as I close. We're going to look at two scriptures. David says this twice. Psalm 15, verse 1. Who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who speaks the truth in his heart. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. You know what he's saying? Who can experience God's presence? He gives the answer. The person who speaks truth in his heart. He speaks truth and he backs it up. They do the simple things that they say they will do. That's the kind of person that comes into the presence of God. Verse 4 down here says, He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. They swear to their own hurt. You know what that means? That means they made a deal and it went bad. The deal went bad and it hurt because it didn't go right, but they kept their word. They didn't back away. Hey, that deal went bad, but I'm not changing. I'm going to stick in here with you until we get it right. I don't know, Wayne, I've never had this happen with you, but I'm sure you've done tile where it didn't go upright right and it looked bad. And it costed you money to get it right. But you weren't going to walk away and say, you just got to deal with that. Look at that. It's crooked. Nothing's right about it. But you know what? I did the job. I put the time in. We bought the tile. We put it in. Merry Christmas. You know what would happen? He'd get his money this time, but he wouldn't the next time. So it costs him something up front. He swears to his own hurt, but he doesn't change. We're going to get this tore down, and we're going to get this right. Because we're a man, we're a woman of our word. He says it again in Psalm 24. Who may ascend the holy hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not sworn deceitfully. Who can experience the presence of God? Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Same principle. We cannot lie. We can't lie to people even in the most simple way. Yeah, I'll show up for children's ministry Sunday morning. I'll be there 15 minutes early. Yeah, I'll stay late for you tonight. Yeah, I'll take out the trash. Yeah, honey, I'll talk to you more. I've said that. I've said I'll take out the trash. And then I don't. Sometimes I fully intended to it too. Sometimes I didn't. It's wrong. It's wrong. It breaks trust. It hurts relationships. It sets you back. And I want to show you, here into the presence of the Lord, we can't lie in the simple things and go into the presence of God and say, God, take my word seriously. God would say, why? You lie. How can I take your word seriously? Because you lie in the most simple of things. Do you see how it affects our prayer life? How it affects our job? How it affects our marriage? Let me tell you, it may hurt for a moment, but what you are building is foundational. It's scriptural. It's the rock. You're building your life on God's Word. On his truth. And when the rains come, you will not be blown away. Your word is your bond. Your word is your bond. Amen. Let's stand up. y'all would, just bow your heads with me. And I want you to know, I know this hits home. If it didn't hit home, Jesus wouldn't have taught it. If we didn't need it, Jesus wouldn't have taught it. Will you guys just agree to turn our hearts to the Lord? Father, in Jesus' name. You are the God of truth and your word tells us that you will lead us and guide us into all truth. And Lord, when we let these things come out of our mouth that we don't mean, we are not being led by you. We are being led by the evil one. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask for a breaking of a lying spirit. You may be a compulsive liar. You may be a habitual liar. You may be a white lie teller. In Jesus' name, break a lying spirit today. I just encourage you, right out of your mouth, just ask the Lord, break a lying spirit in me. That my word would be my bond. That my word would be truth that, Father, I will say yes to things I need to say yes to, and I will follow it out. And When I fall down and mess up, I will go and make it right. But that, Lord, I will say no when it's time to say no. And even though it might hurt for a moment, that other person is going to be strengthened by your integrity, not hurt by it. You may be here today and you may say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. I want to give my heart to Jesus today. Right where you sit, right where you sit, just ask the Lord Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. My way doesn't work. I choose you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I believe you died on the cross for my sins but that you're not dead anymore. You arose from the grave and you are alive. Save me, Jesus. If you gave your heart to Jesus today, I want you here in just a moment just to step out of that aisle and come down here and let us pray with you. If you need delivered from a lying spirit, I want you to be brave and get out of your aisle and step out and let us pray with you. If you need prayer for any reason, let me tell you, we have had miracle upon miracle over, over marriages, over finances, over, um, over hospitals, over um, uh, health issues, but over congestive heart failure, over heart issues, over uh, motorcycle wrecks, over all kinds of things where the results should have been different. But no, God moved. What does your prayer need? I just want to ask you, risk everything, a gazelle-like intensity. Run from Satan trying to talk you out of it and come to the altar of the Lord and let us pray with you. Those that are ministering, come on down and pray with us. We're just going to open up the altar right now as Miss Tammy sings.